What's going on, nitwits? Welcome back to the Bad Christian Podcast. We are fully ramped up for Bad Christian Conference. It's going to be in Dallas. You got to get your tickets now. We have the full lineup announced and everything going on. The schedule starts off with a party on Friday night, the 15th, again in Dallas, and it ends with a formal dressed up ball with food and an open bar on Sunday night. And in between, you can see all the conference happenings at badchristiancon.com. And then Saturday night, February the 15th in Dallas, Texas at the door, we have a giant concert that's open to the public. Tickets are $20. It's a labeled slash tooth and nail slash bad Christian sponsored showcase. It's got May, who has a new album out. It's got Emery, who's going to be there. Uh, We're going to do the classic crime acoustic with Matt McDonald. And we have another artist to announce on that show. Tickets are up right now. You can get them at badchristiancon.com or emerymusic.com or, you know, just find them. But it's $20. That's going to be a terrific show, and I hope to see everybody there. Emory No Sleeper on the road in a couple of weeks in Florida. Go to emerymusic.com to come see one of those tour dates. And it means a lot. We live our, and feed our families off selling tickets to things. In case you didn't know, the music's pretty free and the podcast is pretty free. So it does mean a lot to us when you guys come out to events. Uh, we do pick up a little bit of money other ways, but that is the bulk of it. Uh, one of the other ways is our sponsors. Today's show is sponsored by ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? Let ZipRecruiter find qualified candidates for you. Show your support for our show and try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash badchristian. And also, today's show is sponsored by Quip. With a Quip electronic toothbrush, sticking to good habits is simple. Get your first refill pack for free by going to getquip.com slash badchristian. Oh, hell yeah, God showed up. I don't give a shit what I put in my body. You don't ever fucking talk to me that way. <laughs> so if you've never done oral, then you're extrovert. No, girl, it's my flesh. I showed my dad my penis when I was 25 years old. You don't get more honest than that. Three, two, one, Svensson. Clemson is the oh national gosh. champion. Clemson is the greatest team on earth. God chose Clemson and Bad Christian to do work on earth. Amen. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's pretty easy to tell the difference in, uh, you know, if God is on your side or not. That, I'll tell you yep. that. And if behavior and morals and family and you know, doing the right thing, it means anything at all, then it's clearly that he's blessed Dabo Swinney and the Tigers and everybody that is a fan or has maybe a tattoo of Clemson on their body or anything like that. So good news <laughs> for the Tigers and actually good news for everybody because nobody likes Alabama. Everybody was hoping to see them lose. And right. we've given a great gift to the world. And, you know, and so everybody, you're welcome. We've been supporting Tiger Nation since 81, since we were kids and, and back, and, and it feels good to be where we are right now, and it's a testament to God. You heard every player and the coach reference it many times. Oh, the yeah. success was from God. I affirm that. Uh, my deconstruction phase is now over. I believe again. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it's just always good to have a confirmation <laughs> that Joel Osteen and all his name-it-and-claim-it friends are right. I know. That you, right. na- you name it. You claim it. <clears throat> And then you mm-hmm. you get the ring. 
So well, on the episode little, today, I, we have Dan Koch, who's a college football analyst um, yeah. for his day job. He does podcasting and other stuff. Kind and, of a sports and, guru friend yeah, of ours. Right. Yeah, I'm a little yeah. different than Matt. I actually set up a very formal agreement with God, and my deconstruction is over. Like, I basically said, <laughs> I'm not going to doubt anything, and I'm going to go back to 100% evangelical if you make Clemson win. So, guys... I'm really offended by a lot of stuff on this podcast. Like after <laughs> going back and listening to some stuff, I think we're going that's, a little too. That's far. like yeah. the that's the worst ever version. <laughs> that's the worst ever version of like God. If you just if you just don't let me die tonight or cure this cancer, I promise I will serve you for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, that's it's just yeah, make that's my team win. Yeah, I told him. Hey, I said I, if, I if, you, if you make the team win, I'll believe in literal hell and torture for people forever. Again. I promise. <laughs> if, you just, if you just let the Tigers win, I'll start yep. believing that again. Yeah, it's oh crazy. Like one thing. So I, you know, if you're a sports fan, you understand. You understand how happy Matt, Toby, and I are. But one thing I have not been able to stop thinking about is I remember being in high school. Let's just say my senior year of high school, playing a pickup game of basketball. And, you know, I took some pride in my basketball skills. And so if I ever had a, an off game, it, it ate at me for a, a good few hours. Maybe even the next day, I'm like, man, all those dudes, we we're balling. And now they, they think I suck and everything. I was a senior in high school. Now, you've got Trevor Lawrence, who was a senior in high school last year, who is now national championship quarterback, who people are now saying greatest quarterback in college, maybe the greatest quarterback in the history of college. I mean, how does a 19-year-old handle that psychologically? Not, like, I would seriously good. love a science segment on – and Matt, There's no science probably have, regarding we'd have such to, things. Psychology, man. We'd have to bring in a psychologist like, what? Is there any way possible that Trevor Lawrence can grow up to be like well-rounded and well-balanced and and survive this? I mean, this is crazy. It's well, absolutely insane. It's the, to, it's not the kind of thing you really. It's not ideal. I mean, it's really no. not ideal. Think like, about know. y'all's kids. Would y'all mm-hmm. want your kid to be? I mean, I, well, yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, but that's the problem. <laughs> it, you, everybody says yeah. It's like winning a billion, trillion, million, billion dollar lottery. Nobody could say no to it. But it's got to be. It's right. the pressures. I mean, it's you know. Would, would you want your kid to be that? Of course, right? Would you and take, he, and he'll he's handle exa- it. I mean, and and we used to debate. Uh, well, I had a friend, I think it was Derek, that we used to debate whether or not anyone can be like an expert at anything if you work hard enough. And I, I definitely don't think so. Like, I, I think I could get really good at handyman stuff, but I don't think I could ever be like my father-in-law who has a business who can make whittle a freaking uh, house out of a tree. Like, I, I could never do that kind of stuff. <laughs> See, that's Trevor great Lawrence, you say that because I need a few things around the house. We've got a... A hinge that's squeaky. Yep. Also, we're really lacking um, like a nice whittled sculpture for the mantle. So maybe yeah, I could call money. him. If you and have big money, he, I will. Yeah. I will put y'all. He can together. whittle can a house out of a tree. <laughs> My yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we've actually we've got an extra tree, and we're in need of another house. So yeah. What are you? Yeah. Sounds like, gonna, yeah. Are you sounds like he's the handyman for us. He's yeah, we're going to do a timber frame or frame it up normal. Nope, I'm going to whittle this yeah. one. <laughs> so, so, Dan, let, let me... It only works near, with great redwoods. But no, So, no, Dan, no, let me ask you this. Like, no, where, it, where it did, is, Now, it is a Keebler elf house. It's not a yeah, human house yeah. that he whittles out of the tree. Joey does not clear. understand this joke or like it. Look at his face. It's no, I don't care. I don't care. Uh, hey, hold on. Before, you, before be you move on, Joey, though, it, I mean... There, I'm not moving on. There, there, is, moving there on. is no way that he will be normal and that's it. Like, I mean... 
the the only way he can hope to be normal if he hit, if he gets like extreme failure. But even that, I think, will still he's he's just he's changed forever. Just like you, you started the whole thing by saying you used to be really proud of your basketball skills, and I've seen you play basketball. You're fine, but you're you're not that great at basketball compared right. to like great basketball players, NBAers or anything. And so imagine if you would have done that, you would have thought, my God, I'm unbelievable at basketball. You know, right. I, like Trevor Lawrence right now thinks I am maybe the best quarterback in all of college sports, and right. I probably could play on an NFL team right now. His brain already, and he might even be right, and so there's no way to go back. Like there, there is once the door is opened, and anything you can't turn around and go back through it. I don't think you can't. I don't know if you can go back. It's very hard to go back to humility unless you are humiliated in a way. I think right. you know what I mean. Yeah, d- yeah, Dan. In your it's mind, just take our word. Just just take our word for it. But in your mind, this this guy is six six. He's nineteen year old, six six. And you know how easy it is for you to understand like a Venn diagram. So that's probably almost how he sees the field. Like it's just, it's uncanny. Like what he's doing on the football field, it's unbelievable. In your mind, did God make him to have a calling in football or did, or did God just kind of put his body together and think, well, he'll, he'll do something neat, but he'll have to figure it out. Like, was he made to be a football player, a quarterback I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, I didn't I, ask I, if you knew it. I said, "What do you think?" I don't know what I think about okay. uh, like our individual selves and like if God has uh, will about that, yeah. or if God is like, "I'm going to create this world that has sort of freewheeling future possibilities, and I'm going to be able to work with any of it." Yeah, I think I lean toward the latter. Yeah. But you know what's interesting about him being 19, little tidbit, your brain, your prefrontal cortex where you have all your beliefs and your purely, your real, your straight rational thought and like you're making sense of the world, that doesn't even fully connect to the rest of your brain until 25. Oh so this might be like one part of these athletes who, you know, they, when they have this experience before they can even fully make sense of the experience neurologically. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's that is super interesting. And then how will he deal how will that affect him when his brain is fully developed? Will like even skill-wise. You know what I mean? Like he he's creating yeah. a there's a narrative now forming in his brain and a memory of what this mm. is and now he'll hold on to that even after his brain changes and becomes more adult, yeah. I guess if, if you will. T- talk That's about identity, I mean, I, I was even know? thinking about his his high school sweetheart. She's got to be worried. <laughs> I mean, Joey, oh my gosh. No Stay with me forever. <laughs> or she thinks she's about to get rich. <laughs> she better lock that down. No prenup. Hey, uh, hey re- real real quick for our listeners' <laughs> sake who, ha- who haven't uh, jumped all the way in for the BC Con, this, this topic of like God making you a certain way and calling and all that kind of stuff is an example of one of the panels that we're going to do. And I'm excited, guys. I talked to all of the guests that we are flying in, and uh, some of them are very excited about specific. Uh, in, in fact, one of our guests wrote a book on calling, and we didn't even know it. So, yeah, Autumn Miles <laughs> freak, freaking wrote a book on calling. So, when I was telling her these topics, she just she just couldn't believe it. I mean, it's crazy. I talked to Derek Webb; he's totally down uh, to talk about any of this stuff, but he's extremely interested in the uh the the topic of whether or not 
people that are annoyed with the Trump voting evangelical culture, should they shed the label Christian to distinguish themselves wow. from all those knuckleheads? He's That's super interesting. interested in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon, uh, the Robertson, Robertson. I always get it confused out of Robertson and Robinson, but uh, I, I'm looking forward to hanging out with this guy. Basically, a huge voice for the LGBTQ community, considers himself bisexual, uh, degrees in theology, great teacher, uh, been studying for probably almost like his whole life. And every single one of these topics, he said, I have I have talked about before. So I, I can just see, guys, for those of you that have not bought BCCon tickets, the Lord is orchestrating so many steps and I promise you, he is in the middle of orchestrating a pathway for you to get to the BC Con, mm-hmm. but you have to take a step <laughs> of faith by running that credit card. Like, nobody can make you do that. Yeah. You have to do it, and it has to be between you and the Lord. But may you take such solace in the yeah. Clemson win yes, that God does keep his promises. He does. That he does. Dan, are you excited about the conference? You got any thoughts on it? I am. I mean, I'm really excited to dispense sports wisdom as a sports expert. <laughs> yep. um, it's going to be great. How sports uh, play to influence really... in your life with God, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just really, I'm ready for a, I'm ready for a touchdown for God. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> Can't wait. No, I, I am really pumped. I, I'll be a part of like four or five of these discussions and 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 breakout sessions and whatnot. I'm kind of, I think I'll be the utility player, yeah. probably. So. Um, I loved teams. it last year. It was really, it was really unexpectedly moving. Uh, I can be honest with you guys because I know you so well. I was like, I well, have hey, no Dan, idea. Dan, 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 Dan. Other people are listening. Just FYI. Yeah, Go that's ahead. fine. Yeah, uh, I was like, I don't know, man. These these misfits, and I don't know what to expect. And I I talked with Carter at Waffle House the final morning as we went to the airport, and I was like, man, I was really. I was really pleasantly surprised by how powerful that was and what a community has grown up around you guys, whether or not you deserve it. You know? What a wonderful backhanded compliment that yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. No. Now, That's the only, so I'd like to, I'd like yeah. to now explore. Not you deserve it. Yeah. yeah. Let's see if now I, I'd like to yeah. explore the counterfactual. If you had gone and it turned out worse than you could have anticipated, what would that have looked like? I would what have just been like, concern? well, I got to have beers with my friends. And I'll just, <laughs> we'll be done. <laughs> I mean, it would have been okay. Uh, as you guys have done touring, you know, I toured for seven years. Uh, there's plenty of events that don't go the way you hope, and you just roll with it, and you keep going. So I thought hey, it might what, be did, that, or it might hey, be cool. Well, you, you toured for seven years. What was your band? Did y'all, y'all make your own CDs or anything? Yeah, we actually, we, wrote, we actually wrote our own songs. We you wrote your own? You ever heard of MySpace? Oh, yeah. You, yeah. You, you did covers, though. Had to, right? Uh, no, no, no covers. Yeah, we played originals. Yeah, yeah, wow. it's a big deal. Yeah, well, yeah, shoot me a CD. I'd love to hear it. Probably is pretty cool. <laughs> I just keep thinking about uh, Joey's uh, grandfather, whatever, just working on that tree and just like you know, like if you could see it and <laughs> sped up how fast, like you go, there's a tree, and then, then within a minute, you'd see a whole house. And I'm just be, I can't stop thinking about that, how amazing it would be. And it just is awesome. Like, like Joey said, it, I, I could, he couldn't be an expert like that. That's that's so far past expert. That's like <laughs> the most unbelievable thing a human <laughs> would ever do if you saw a house out of a tree. Anyway, well, one of the reasons we want you to be on here, Dan. Let's take a let, yeah. hold on a second. Let's take a, I got a piece of business to take care of, and then okay. we'll talk more about the conference, Dan's involvement, and Dan's new podcast. Ooh, so yeah. that's what we're going to do next. So, okay, let me tell you guys something that is smart. One thing that's smart to do 
is at the end of each year, I like to spend a couple of weeks thinking this way, it usually bleeds into the new year, but it's important to go through your whole business, like actually get into the nitty gritty, look at it, analyze what's essential, what's non-essential, where are your new goals? You've got to be organized. You've got to get a you know, a time when you go through all that stuff. And then when you do that, you can check out who you pay, who you hire, what your staff is, what your expenses are. And uh, it's just a terrific way to get going there. Figuring out who you might need to hire for your business, that's how you're going to take it to the next level in 2019. And I'll tell you what else is smart is to do that kind of thing by using the best tools available. And of course, ZipRecruiter is one of them. So you can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash badchristian, and that is the place to start when you're trying to hire the right people. And you know how important that can be. So unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates for you. Its powerful matching technology scans through thousands of resumes to identify people, the right skills, education, experience, and you know, it actively invites them to apply to your job, and they know what's going on over there. It's great stuff. So you get qualified candidates, and you get them fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over a 1,000 reviews. So, again, good stuff, free. Let's do it. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash badchristian. So if you like this show or if you love this show, the way to support it and ZipRecruiter is just by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash B-A-D-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash badchristian. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. All right, Dan. So we have a title battle to have here is what we're going to do now. So we have titled our conference... You don't need permission to change what you believe. Is that the right? Did I get that wrong? That's right, isn't it? Change your yeah. mind. You don't to change need- your mind. You, yep. Yeah, I keep saying it the other way, but both yeah. are true. And you can even, I will stop so short as to say, uh, if you abbreviate it, it's still true just to say you don't need permission. I'm good to end it right there. But we could qualify that further and further. Dan, you also have a new podcast, a uh, you know highly produced, multi-part podcast that comes out today. Is it today? Yeah, uh, it comes out Monday the 14th, whichever day yep. this airs. Okay, so, yeah. so it came out yesterday, and it's four episodes, the first four episodes have dropped, and your podcast is called You Have Permission. You Have Permission, yeah. Okay, so on the surface, it may seem, and it may be true, that we're very much on the same page, that, you know, people uh, should be changing their mind, they should be updating, they should be moving on, they should be having their own thoughts and be free thinking and exploring ideas. I think we're on the same page there, but... There's quite a distinction between, you know, for instance, us telling people you don't need permission and you telling them you have permission. And to my to which my question is, from who? You? Right. That's everybody's question. <laughs> uh, of course, um, of course, if we get real permission, we get it from God. Right. Not not from you or I. But maybe I can motivate this a bit by telling a story from my own life. OK. OK. So I have generalized anxiety disorder. Do you guys know what that is? Mm-hmm. You just so it's, generally it's, anxiety? Yeah, anxiety? it's like I, I've had anxiety for most of my life, and sometimes I got panic attacks, and sometimes I've had to have medication for it. Um, and so in third grade, for instance, I was like paralyzed, paralyzingly afraid of thunder, and I would like check the weather every morning before walking to school because if it thundered, I'd freak out. And then... Uh, in sixth grade at my conservative Christian school, some adult gave me a book. This is 1996. This is the spring of 1996. 
a book that was called 96 Reasons Why Jesus Christ Will Return in September of 1996. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's funny now. <laughs> New York Times bestseller, it sounds like. It's funny now. But speaking of brain development, it was not funny in sixth grade. Right. And I that that's the first, that's when my panic attacks really kicked in. And for a month or two, I couldn't go to sleep. Um, I, I, it took me forever to go to sleep. I didn't know what was going on. But now I realized I was having panic attacks about, about not living my life, you know, like wh- why now? Like, uh, the fun I've told this before. I, I told it on depolarize on an episode about anxiety and social media, but I'll repeat it. Cause it's so funny. Like I specifically remember praying to God, like, God, I don't want, I don't need to have sex before I'm married, but like, could I just be naked with a girl before you come back? <laughs> I'll just, I don't even know why people want to have sex. I just want to be naked <laughs> in a bed. Um, and like, did you get really, your wish? So, Which uh, of those happened? I, did. and didn't? I, I think the end times didn't happen. What yeah. about the nakedness? Yeah. Did yeah, you I've been it? married for uh, nine years now. So I, I did get my wish. But you didn't make the deadline though. What do you mean? Which deadline? The 1996 uh, deadline. No, no, no. I didn't. No, I, <laughs> okay. I didn't force the issue as a sixth grader. <laughs> okay. That's what you're asking me. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. You're right. Horny yeah, as hell no, no, sixth no. grader Dan Coke. And it wouldn't be too long before I did want to uh, do more than just lay naked, but um, it hadn't happened yet. So then in eighth grade, we took an end times class in my Christian junior high. I sat, I sat in panic through, you know, every one of those classes for, for six or five months, whatever the semester was. And then uh, it, it even stayed with me through my early twenties in 2007, um, in an, in a kind of a more irrational way, because that's how panic attacks work. I was making a record with Jonathan Jones from Waking Ashland. We were making an album for his band. We shot the moon, and a Dateline special came on about this guy from Texas who were how was having his uh, church members get six 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 tattooed on them, and he claimed to be the second incarnation of Christ. And he ended up dying, of course, and he wasn't. But uh, he he claimed to be the Antichrist, rather, which is both. He had this weird. It doesn't matter. He had this weird thing about it. And he was driving Benzes and had a, you know, he was a cult leader. But I saw this Dateline thing and it just triggered me. And I I had to leave the recording. I I flew home. I left before we did vocals on a record I was co-producing. What? I I couldn't sleep. So my, my point is just this. I have had spiritual trauma or something like that in my life that has really adversely affected my life. And I didn't know that I had other options back then. I didn't know that I had permission to reject this like pseudoscience, pseudo-theology bullshit, frankly, is what it was. And um, and so that's kind of what the podcast is about. It's like, oh, well, there might be all these issues that are holding various people up unnecessarily. It's one thing to be like, you know, I don't really know. That's a really hard question. I don't have the answer to that. That's fine. That will probably last forever. It's another thing if someone tells you, as they told, for instance, Science Mike, he he told us this on his Reconstruct interview, uh, my other podcast. He said, I was literally told it's six days of creation or the Bible is false. Mm-hmm. You tell that to a kid, that's going to fuck him up. Right. Uh, and so this show is really just trying to be an antidote to these kind of false binaries, these trips that people will lay on each other out of their own insecurity or their own narcissism or their own whatever. 
And so that's where it comes from. Now, at this point, we might still be kind of talking about the same thing. Why do we have this different wording, right? Mm-hmm. You have permission or you don't need permission. Yes. Okay. So that that's a really good setup. And of course, I mean, and again, I think we agree on almost everything, but I'm, I've been really turned on to, can I give personal experience now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a lot of people have surmised this correctly, that I've not had great experiences with authority and permission givers and you don't things say. throughout my life. And I could spend a great amount of time on that or just say it quite simply, that I've always been in situations where it's been intensely obvious that people were trying to control me or my behavior, often heavy-handedly. And I never, I'm kind of the opposite of you and Joey in the sense that I resisted it. I never, you know, I never went along with it. And so that's been its own right. traumatic struggle for me in a way. But, you know, at no point did I have the spiritual trauma of really buying into it since I was a very young child. I was like, no, you do not know. You don't even know what you're talking about. I'm not going along with this has been the way I've always felt. Like if somebody's trying to impinge on my freedom, because it's obvious, it's always felt like it was out of insecurity or who are you to tell me this, you're just, I mean, you know, and you can imagine when you're a smart ass kid in rural South Carolina, that doesn't, it doesn't go well to question authority. It just doesn't in the eighties for, you know. sure. so I've had my own issues from dealing with some of the same stuff, which is people trying to control your behavior. It drives me crazy and always will. And I, it's taken me, I even, um, I felt like I was bad and I was stupid and I was wrong my whole life. I must be, but there's nothing I could do about it. That's the way I felt. I'm lazy. I have potential, but I'm not going to do it. I won't fit in. I won't do it. You know, that's the message that I receive from everybody. Um, and so by the time, and I always assume when I get, eventually when I get older, I'll be like a normal person. Well, I'm I'm almost 40 and I, I, I was right when I was eight about everything is what it feels like now. And, I, and I've wasted the last 30 years. I even spent time into the most authority thing I could ever try, which was Mars Hill. I was like, okay. It's time for me to grow up, take authority, <laughs> be here, listen to somebody else, fall into line with what the Bible oh, it was says. So it was so fun to watch that true. season two of life. It was so that fun was to a watch real, that. that was a really bad luck of the draw. There you got with yeah, Marcel. Not, not really. I think it's kind of indicative of. I think it's just reinforcing to what I think I always knew. But ah. I'm just saying, I tried to buy into that. I, I swear, I gave it my all, and people that know me in that time would recognize that. I, in turn, acted authoritatively wrongly to many people in my life, yeah. including my yeah. wife, and beyond, and other people. And 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 the whole thing is such a disaster there. Um, and then I've been unpacking that for years, and now it's just the same thing. It's like, yes, I should have used a calculator. No, it didn't matter if I learned to do this cursive handwriting. Yes, this, I mean, you know, it's been, I've had trouble my whole, whole life, and now I'm just back to, oh, man, I think I've wasted 30 years. I should have just gone with my gut when I was a kid and believed in myself and done what I thought was right. I'm okay. I'm a good person. I try to do the right thing. I've th- I've got to continually realize what's wrong, update it myself, and move on. So I'm yeah. s- at this point still really don't know where is the place where somebody is supposed to tell me what to do or I need their permission. What, right. In what world and case is that? And I can't. I'm not. I'm not there. Okay. Well, let me try and answer that. All right, it's the new year, you're trying to be healthy, and one of the best ways to be healthy is something that involves doing it twice a day, and I'm talking about brushing those chompers, those teeth, it's your oral health, folks. And with a Quip electric toothbrush, sticking to good habits is simple. Seriously, the guiding features are like a built-in support system for better brushing. I use my Quip toothbrush every single day, I've had mine for about a year 
The battery, I don't know if it's ever even going to dead. <laughs> the thing lasts forever. It's so awesome. I love it. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've never thought about toothbrushes that much. I usually just get one and use it until the bristles look strange, and that's how I let myself know get a new toothbrush. Uh, with Quip, they send you one every three months, like for $5. I mean, it's unbelievable, and I'm serious. I love this toothbrush. Like I said, I've never thought about toothbrushes before. It's just a tool, but this actually makes brushing kind of fun, and I, I think it really works. I, I, I really love my toothbrush. Uh, they have sensitive sonic vibrations. When have you ever said that about a toothbrush? Uh, for an effective clean that's gentle on y- on those sensitive gums. I kind of have sensitive gums myself. Uh, a built-in two-minute two timer. It pulses every 30 seconds. It reminds you, it reminds you to switch sides, which I think is kind of cool. I go, what? Oh, there it is. I got to switch. Oh, yep. There I go. Got to switch sides and it lets you know your two minutes is up. You're done brushing and you've done it well. Uh, multi-use cover works works as a stand. It mounts to a mirror. I have mine mounted right to my mirror. It stands right there in front of me. I don't have to leave it on my counter. And it's just, I mean, how many good things can I say? The brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist recommended schedule every three months. All right. So what are you waiting on? I love Quip. I think you will too. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash badchristian right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash badchristian. So... What we, the way we might think about your story, let's just simplify it to the South and then Mars Hill. Let's just say we only have those mm-hmm. two uh, scenarios. There's probably some in between. And one other bit that should be interesting there that I would love to extol the virtue of everywhere is my parents are like me. Yeah. You know, they never had bosses. They just do whatever they want to do. They're yeah. able to figure stuff out. And they encourage me unlimited in that I'm okay. And that was yeah. the most wonderful possible thing. So good, except for it doesn't fit into the conformity of society too well. But I think they were right. And I think that's how you should treat your children. So the first thing we should do is we should distinguish between whether or not we need permission in like the material realm for our jobs, Mm -hmm. for our for our making money, for following, you know, whatever social norms. That's different for me than spiritual questions, which is why this show is, mm-hmm. is more about spiritual questions. In the world of like, do I have permission to start a business? Of course you do. Like, it doesn't matter what any of your grandma says. If your grandma is very conservative and says, you should work for a company and I think I should start my own business. There's no, that's not a real discussion. You can, of course, do either. Right? Well, you do and, need the permission of the government and the authority to start even a haircut shop, by the way. Okay, that's true. But you can get it easily in one day down at the licensing office. So it's not, not a couple hours. Not really. Not true. But go ahead. Well, maybe not for stuff that involves public health mm-hmm, and maybe like haircutting. Right. Yeah. That's well, we hair... gotta... Anyway, you see the point. Move on. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want right. to get bogged down in that. I'm not, I'm not going to engage with your libertarian argument, okay. Matt. Okay. Right. So um, <laughs> Exactly. So that's fine. Let's just leave that aside. So let's talk about spiritual stuff. So if you're talking about the South and Mars Hill, you were given uh, you were given bullshit sources of authority. You were never presented with a good authority, only bad authority. Name a good one. Well, so here's the authority I try and work with on my show. Here's the, the locus of authority for permission is not me. It has to be God. And I think and I ask myself, well, how do I know that God gives me permission? I say, well, look, here are a billion Christians that God's not smiting down and they are diverse. And here's these guys think this and these guys think this and these guys practice this and these guys practice this. And I think, man, 
it's pretty evident that the Holy Spirit is working in all these people's lives. So that's the locus of permission is like, here are faithful Christians. Some of them are total experts with PhDs in their field. Some of them have lived entire lives doing something and look at the fruit of what they've done. And someone might tell you that that Catholic can't be a Christian. Someone might tell you that anybody who is affirming of gay marriage is just trying to come up with an excuse to not follow the parts of the Bible they don't like, but look at the fruit of these people's lives and then judge for yourself if that's true. And I would, I'm leaning heavily on, it's not true. Uh, you do have permission to like pursue these things prayerfully in relationship with God. So the locus of authority is God ultimately, but what's the evidence for that? It's that the people of God are doing this and it is working. And that's not mm -hmm. certain. That's not 100% mm -hmm. airtight, but I think it's good evidence. I mean, See, I think I, it's uh, real quick, just to, to interject quickly. I think it's as simple as, Yes, there is a time to follow authority, but it always starts with that person voluntarily wanting to kind of yield to that authority. And it and and it's uh it's a mm -hmm. deal that could run out at any time. You know, if if you lose that trust bridge, then you're out. You know, and yeah. uh, so I, I think I mean there are definitely people either that I have listened to a lot and resonate with. And so when I'm listening to them, my mind is more open to be stretched and maybe entertain some things that I don't necessarily believe and be instructed, but I'm not going to be brainwashed into thinking stuff that I don't already think. Um, yeah, but that's easier for you now as an adult. Like Matt's, when Matt's growing up in the South true. or Toby's growing up in his first church of prophecy of new community or whatever they shift out. Nailed it. from they, Yeah, whatever it's called. You don't have, I mean, even talking about that quarterback kid, he's only, he's 19. He doesn't even have the full capacities yet. And so the thing is to combat basically toxic authority by people with power or control mm -hmm. to people without. And a lot of times people talk about that in terms of race and socioeconomics, but I'm also talking about age, right? Just kids, yeah. hmm. kids that and teenagers. So I something think, can I say something? Come, yeah, I, go sorry, I, I, I just we haven't to, heard from Toby. In I a know while. I haven't even heard from me yet. I'm I'm probably a little bit. I don't know if I'm a culmination of all of you guys or what. I feel like sometimes I fall more into the category like Matt, but that that's not totally true. I think I believe in authority, and and I'm looking what at it almost in in a in a reverse way. I I give people permission to have authority in my life. I don't I don't mm. I don't trust any authority almost ever. I think authority for the most part almost always seems arbitrary to me. Like it, it, like you get pulled over by a cop today, he gives you a hundred dollar ticket. The next day he goes, I'll let you go. And you did the same crime or something. Or my parents right. uh, or my church told me this stuff. And it always ended up being this way for this person that gave, you know, like at our church, I grew up in divorce was horrible and awful. But just so happened that the richest guy in the church was did end up getting divorced, and somehow they we just never talked about it. And so I, I, there's just always these loopholes with authority that make them not trustworthy to me. But I do I do need help in my life. I do need to give people permission. Hey, listen, do speak into my life. I do want to listen to you. What is this mm -hmm. thing that I need help with or whatever? I, I mean, a lot a lot of times that's the probably the way Matt and my relationship works. 
Uh, I mistrust Matt almost always, even though he's smart and stuff. And then I, I ask him a bunch of questions until eventually he like. That's why we probably argue so much. I'm not totally going to go with yeah, Matt's right because I think sometimes and, Matt's a total dumbass. Like just right. a minute ago, he said he was right since eight years old. That's that's about the biggest bullshit things, about this calculators the, and cursive. I, I don't care what you say. The the fact that you would make that statement in any since capacity. I was one, since in utero, <laughs> right? Just shows just shows me. It's one of the reasons why we're friends because I can die laughing at that and go, okay, I ain't got to listen to all that. What that guy says, that guy. You don't think I was what? wrong about the use of calculators when I had that argument with my teachers, though, do you? To an extent, and at that time, yeah, you were. You, probably, I mean, I don't think so. Well, so on the on the on the topic of school, like right now, I'm applying to grad programs, right? right? So some of these programs might be five years, and they might include two internships and like supervised hours with a professional. I I actually am willingly submitting to that authority. I'm submitting mm-hmm. to the program. I'm submitting to my intern supervisor. My uh, you know, whatever the, the getting the hour supervisor. And that's a good authority. That's like, mm-hmm. but, but like though, those, that institution and those practicing professionals, they do have something I don't have. Yeah. They do know more. They are doing the thing I want to do. So that's a, that's an, ex- like where Carter and I, I think we disagree. I don't really think that counts as authority. I mean, I understand what you're saying. So let, let me just say, I'm not an anarchist. I yeah. probably, if I participate in politics, would be described as a libertarian, but I don't think of that term yeah, or right. anything. Um, it's just, uh, you know, Richard Feynman is one is my f- absolute hero, and he says he agrees. He says don't trust authority. He says ask them where they start and see where they end up, and if it makes sense, then good. And that's not necessarily authority. That's an explanation. That's explanatory knowledge. That's of course, and there's people that have a lot of that that I would happily submit to. And then beyond that, I do think authority is necessary. So please let me affirm okay. that we need a government. Uh, we need parents to have authority. We need teachers at public school to have authority. We need our, if we believe there's spiritual truths and there's truths from God, and the only way to get them is for people to have them and then convey them to other people, I suppose we need that to some degree. And the degree is the least possible. So I'll put authority in the category to me mm-hmm. of a, I willingly will participate in what I think is generally a necessary evil. Not that the people are evil, but look, we need authority. We have to have politicians that do the damn dirty work and whatever it is. And I, I, you're right. I don't want to know. And of course I have to obey the laws and I submit, I pay my taxes. I do. I mean, I do submit. I'm not, you know what I mean? But it's like the least yeah. the least of that, the better. And would you guys not agree? Many people, on the other hand, seek and like authority, which yeah. I think is the real root of the problem or to me. But that's OK sure. for them. But people exploit all that. And like Loki says in the first Avengers movie that people are made to be ruled. It's like seems to me the pattern of human behavior is seeking authority and that authority is always fucking bullshit. That's well, what they were saying in the Bible about the yeah, kings. God I, said, don't. They said, give us a rule, authoritarian ruler, please. I, okay, here you go. I think of authority like what Dan's talking about with school or something or what you're talking about, more like a tool. Like I, I, I submit because if I pay my taxes, it probably means overall it's going to a tool. help the That's country. Great. You, know, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't like the idea of actually submitting to it. For example, right now the government's closed down or whatever. I keep seeing all these people posting pictures of like, because of authority, and we rely so much on it with our, like people aren't cleaning up their trash in national parks, or we might have to be worried right now about our next tour that's coming up in at the end of January and beginning of February with Emory and Old Sleeper in Florida and, and Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, very soon. Get your tickets now. Um, 
like we, we have to worry about TSA, right? And can we get through and what are the lines going to look like because this authority, which TSA never once stopped a, a hijacking plane, has not been proven at all to be that effective ex, as, as a, except for slowing you down and making things worse. And now we got to pay more money so you can get the fast pass thing or whatever it's called, you know, to scoot on through. And it takes, because of that authority, now everybody goes, oh, I'm not supposed to clean up the trash. I'm, I guess I have to wait in this line. This is what, like, you don't actually control you, you don't give yourself that permission that authority permission to yourself i have authority to decide okay look there's a trash can i can handle this i'll take it to mm-hmm. my or whatever it is I, I mean i don't think it's as bad as the media makes it that situation but i'm just saying steal that come on it's just crazy all right one of my favorite things to talk about i, I bet you you guys went to some formal parties nice nice fancy gatherings over the holidays and guys i just want to say that you had no excuse but to have looked very sharp because you've heard us talk about Indochino, though North America's leading made-to-measure menswear company. So it, this has been an unbel- uh, unbelievable experience for me when I first discovered Indochino, then checking out their suits, then seeing their prices, and then seeing how easy the process is. Uh, it's a unique experience where I got to play designer in consultation with all of these guys' styles. So uh, Indochino, they make suits and shirts to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and support. Uh, Guys love the wide selection of high-quality fabrics and colors to choose from and the option to personalize stuff, including your lapel, lining, pockets, buttons, was definitely very, very, very cool. I have like a floral interior. So here's how it works. You visit a stylist at one of their showrooms and have them take your measurements personally or measure at home yourself and shop online at Indochino.com. That's what I did. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. So you choose your fabric inside and out, choose your design customization, submit your measurements uh, with your choices, and then relax while your suit gets professionally tailored and mailed to you in a couple of weeks. It gets mailed directly to you, a better suit than what you could find on a rack that uh, that would be a suit not made for you, by the way. So this week, our listeners get any premium Indochino suit for $359 at Indochino.com when entering Bad Christian at checkout. That's 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit. Plus, the shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BADCHRISTIAN for any premium suit for just $300. $59 and free shipping. Incredible deal for a premium made to measure suit. Are you suggesting that authority is a substitute for personal responsibility? Totally. That's that's the number one <laughs> thing people do with God. Okay. That's one of the biggest yeah, reasons people believe in God, I, I think, which makes me sick. Like, you, oh, you know what? I don't have, you know, man, I, this life will be gone. I'm, I'm a sinner. I'm a loser. I, I've said this a million times. I was told that. You're a nothing. You're terrible. Your heart's awful. It's so terrible. Man, thank God for Jesus. And when you get to heaven, you'll be a different person. But like, what about this person right now? This, this person right now? Like, I, do I not have any authority in my life to go, hey, come on, man, you're fucking up. You're, you're a bad dude. You're, you made a bad decision here or just think some of that stuff through. I mean, the yep. idea of just getting a free pass to new Toby seems a little right. weak. Yeah, we can we can move in. I mean, you know, you know, I think we c- cover this middle ground, and it's and it's, yeah. and it's fine fine to move on from here, Dan. But I think what you're saying there, Toby, that is really interesting is that if it is a personal responsibility, that boils down to the fact that 
I mean, think about it. Isn't it so hard to take care of you, your wife, your kids, your family? And do you do a very good job of taking care of yourself and do with the things you ought to do? Not, not even. And you're right. pretty much maxed out. Now, who else should you be able to take care of better than they can take care of themselves? You're barely able to handle it. You're the only, the best person able to help you is yeah. you. That's a harsh reality. Nobody's better at helping you than you. I mean, and of course, there's, you know, infants, children, disabled people that and I'm not that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, And then that slope gets bigger. But you are the person that can help you best. And you barely able even if barely able to do that. Certainly somebody else isn't going to be good at that. I think that you guys, though, you undervalue what institutions can do. So this is maybe where where we have a little different opinion. Well, I'll, I'll start with an anecdote from your own podcast. Toby did that interview um, with the woman who was involved in the global aid stuff, right? Jennifer that, Dyer. Yeah, Jennifer Dyer. Mm-hmm. Fantastic episode and interview. Uh, Thank you. The United States has led um, a coalition of developed nations that has like cut malaria and infant mortality and AIDS and all these things in half in like 15 years. I mean, just millions and millions of lives saved. And when you talk to people in the nonprofit world, the, the global aid world, they'll say some of that stuff, you, World Vision can't do it. You mm-hmm. can't do it. The local pastor can't do it. There are certain problems, like you say, we need roads, but there are also humanitarian problems that mm-hmm. need like uh, no single country can do what the U.N. does right now, whether or not you think the U.N. is effective uh, an effective U.N. is a different kind of an entity than effective Democratic Republic of Congo or mm-hmm. United States of America. Certainly. Uh, and I would argue the same thing is true for like the Catholic Church or the Russian Orthodox Church or whatever. Like it's you, it's not it might feel right in our moment or with our personalities to push back hard with that libertarian impulse. I think that if we're going to be more honest and control for more of our own factors and experience and biases, we end up with a more balanced view. And the most balanced view of power and privilege that I'm aware of comes from Catholic social teaching, which emerged as a response basically to uh, Leninism, to, to the Bolshevik revolution. Mm-hmm. And that and that is one simple simple principle. The more power and resources you have, the greater your responsibility to use mm-hmm. those for good. And the less power and resources you have, the less your responsibility to spend them profligately for someone else's sake. And that that's how I think about power and, and privilege and authority, which is why mm-hmm. if we go back to Matt's example from the South and Mars Hill, we, we see the sickness there uh, in, in kind of a, you know, closed minded Southern Baptist authority structure. Not all churches are like this and, you know, or even just that kind of really rigid Southern culture, um, maybe your teachers and stuff, they're, they're not using that power well. Now, the teachers probably think that they are. They're probably trying to. Right. Uh, but Driscoll and, and especially increasingly his inner circle as that got worse at Mars Hill, they're doing exactly the opposite. They're not using their power and resources for good. Driscoll's paying himself a million bucks a year. They're using church funds to sell books and get on the you know, New York Times bestseller list. Like, they're not, they're not increasing their responsibility to people that don't have their power. 
they are decreasing it as their resources increase. So that would be, in for my mind, the locus of why you shouldn't have respected that authority. Yes. Yeah, and and I think and I think a really really important rule of thumb is don't ever be under anyone's authority who is not under anyone's authority. I mean that that's yeah. that's when it's just insane. Like if you right. really yield wholeheartedly to someone who answers to no one, you're just a dummy. Like don't do it. <laughs> that that sounds like a lot of mega pastors what you just described. It sounds like okay. a lot I mean it, it I, is. I, I mean it, I would certainly right? agree. Yeah. Well, this agree. is one of the reasons that, uh, like, for instance, I like the Presbyterian model. In a Presbyterian church, the elders always can fire the pastor, and the presbytery, which is like a regional body of churches, has some authority as well over an individual church. And you just wouldn't, you, Mark Driscoll could never have gotten where he gotten if he was Presbyterian. He just couldn't have. Correct. There would have yeah. been two or three power checks that would have gotten involved before it got that bad. You know what's funny is my, my I'm from a Presbyterian church. I know that Presbyterian stuff super well. And uh, and as soon as I was at Mars Hill and my mom knew what that was, she was screaming her head off of of that exact thing. Like this is not yeah. good. You can't do it. That's that's so dangerous. It's going to go wrong. The Presbyterian here we do this. We the elders are you know they can fire. There's checks and balance. You know, she was screaming that you know from the minute one. <laughs> No, she was right. It, yeah. it, was, it, it was interesting, even though you know it was a, a really charismatic uh, kind of backwoods church with you know forty people in it. The church I grew up in, uh, Church God of Prophecy, which still exists. Uh, they don't. I don't think they do it as much anymore. But in the beginning, when I was little, you know, early eighties, and my papa, all the pastors, you, uh, they had a, a convention for the church, and pastors would get new assignments. Like you would only stay at a church for maybe two years. And you wouldn't be allowed to stay. And in, I didn't understand it then, but in retrospect, thinking back on it, I think some of that was to control some of the power that a man could get, you know, because it, you, yeah. the longer you stay, the more, you know, buddy, buddy, you get with people, the more you, you can become hidden in, within your own congregation. So, but it was the downside was, you, you know, like my papa had to move around. My dad moved around his entire life, almost like an army brat in a way, because he was constantly, you know, he would stay in a place for two years and he resents that, you know. But it is, it is interesting in the concept of power, not giving it to somebody. I think even like don't don't Mormons don't have like paid uh, something like that. They they have some type of thing where like that the, might be true. Yeah, I believe that the people that work at the church aren't paid. I think they're all volunteer basis. I'm not sure about that. Somebody can look. So it up, if but. you got, let me ask you guys a question, and you can all answer it. <clears throat> but if that's true, and move on, and good authority when used rightly, or you've given two or three examples there of, of think, people that do it well, would you say, would each of you say the Catholic Church, the Presbyterian Church, and if that's true about Mormonism, would you like to see all them grow in power since they're good? Would you like them, would you like more people to go there and their power to increase because they're good authority? So bigger Catholic Church with more power. Let me add something to that. Even people with, as long as you keep in mind that even people with really good authority are liable to lead you majorly astray. That, that's, that's the interesting thing is you may have a trustworthy person that does have all the best intentions, their heart's in the right place, they do try to yield themselves to other people, but they still screw you over because they're very flawed human beings. So right. it's, it's almost so like you have to be you cautious if you were in no their position. What. Yeah, I agree. I, I just think um, maybe, Carter, where you and I have a difference of intuition is I just think that these institutions are just because of human nature, we need them. So I probably mm -hmm. wouldn't say I want them to have more power. Uh, but like if power 
I would like it to be spread out and I know a bunch of institutions are going to have it. And so I just want them to mm-hmm. be good institutions. I don't really think there's a world without these large institutions. I agree. And so I think we're that, all pretty close kind of here after fleshing it out. I'm representing a more extreme position. I understand, but I fi- hopefully that's useful thought experiment wise. I don't know what I want everybody to do. I'm it's just, not I, useful. All I know you is just me. Piece of man. shit. <laughs> um, so tell us about your podcast. You, you have permission. Tell me what, tell us the concept of that and what's, what's in it. Well, so, you know, just to, to wrap up what we've been saying here, the idea is uh, a lot of people have probably told you uh, things that you can't believe or can't do or can't accept if you're going to be a Christian, if you're going to be in the body of Christ. And then I just want to say, oh, you probably can, because here are a bunch of Christians that do. And if you hadn't grown up in that community, you might have grown up in this community, and then you wouldn't have a problem with that. You know, someone who is raised Mennonite would have no, would be like, wait, can you not be a pacifist and be a Christian? And someone raised Southern Baptist would be like, can you be a pacifist and be a Christian? Right? Like, it's just a lot of that's arbitrary. And so let's get past the arbitrariness as we become adults. And uh, yeah. So, like, for instance, there's Personal four episodes. Responsibility. I like it. Yeah. There's, and group. Uh, there's, mm-hmm. so there's four episodes that came out yesterday. And you were trying to convince me, Matt, to, uh, to do the whole season on day one. And I liked mm-hmm. the idea as kind of a, a challenge, but I would have gone crazy if I, I didn't have enough time. But well, I admire I did, you for getting four. That's really hard to do. I mean, yeah, yeah I did hard. four. It, it's like six or seven hours of audio between the four wow. of them. Um, and so I like that because uh, I want people to be able to go, oh, there's kind of a little spread here. Okay, these are sort of the type of questions, and I could pick the one that I'm most interested in. That seems valuable. It also, I also am, I'm really tired of, and this is true on the right and the left, spiritually speaking, theologically speaking. People kind of like they're they're doing a low key sales pitch, right? Like I actually had a friend. I was working on the show, and I hadn't really figured out my introduction to like explain who I was and where I was coming from. And she listened, and she was like, "Honestly, if I didn't know you, I wouldn't be able to tell if you were like secretly a conservative who's gonna like make a turn and be like, see." conservatism, conservative Christianity is reasonable. Or if you were like a far liberal and you're like trying to like coax in the conservatives, you know, like there's these ways that people frame these, these conversations. And sometimes it's not clear where people are coming from. So I wanted it to be clear where I'm coming from. And that's one of the reasons. So the, the four first episodes are, you have permission to believe some non-Christians are saved, Christian inclusivism, you have permission to accept theistic evolution. You have permission to think theologically about aliens. Seriously. <laughs> and you have permission to reject predestination. It's an alternative to the TULIP acronym. Um, what was the one? What was the second one about the theistic ev- evolution? What, what tell us about that? What, Basically that, what God, mean? God orchestrating it. Yeah. Theistic evolution is just the idea that, um, look, we, we still affirm that God created the world and nobody else created the world. Uh, but we accept science fully in terms of being the best explanation at the time of how that we came, how we came to be as a species, for instance, and how other species and cosmology and all of that stuff. So that's the what, idea. And a lot of people think you can't do that. Yeah. That's what, what is a lot of people, all of you guys here, what do you suspect is the split on that? Like, I have no idea. <clears throat> I mean, how many people think that way or think you can't think that way or think it's wrong to think that way? Do y'all have well, any I, sense? I think I've got some numbers. I think it's something like 50 or 60% of Americans do not believe 
that humans evolved from other primates, for instance. But but do that's the big sticking point. Yeah, but the but the real hang up is when people tell you you can't believe that and be a Christian. That's even that you find that to be a really detrimental thing. Like I guess it's fine yeah. for people to believe what they want in that regard, but to tell somebody you must believe this or you can't or else you're not this or that, that's is that where it gets squirrely? Yeah, the the thing I'd like to avoid the most is someone saying uh, that Christianity and Darwinian biological evolution are incompatible. That's false. And then I'd also like to argue for theistic evolution because in the grand scheme of things, I do think it makes the church look a bit more stupid and anti-intellectual because mm-hmm. I think the evidence is very strong. And there are some theological questions, but it doesn't destroy our faith by any means. And so I, I think we got to follow the evidence. Toby mm-hmm. and Joey, have y'all uh, just on that one? I mean, you guys, I don't even know, but probably 15 years ago, y'all were super skeptical of evolution. What would you say? Oh, now? for sure. Yeah. I would have thought it was a tool of the enemy. <laughs> yeah. I was taught yeah. in Sunday school that evolution was pollution from Satan. And now you're, <laughs> now you're what? Um, I, you know, if I had to choose, I would say uh, God orchestrated evolution. But I, man, I, I have to admit, such ignorance on this. I don't really know the strong arguments on both sides, but he, here's here's what I'm always confused with, and we probably can't get into it right now, but there does seem to be too much questions and too many things that are completely unsolvable when it comes to just writing in evolution as a proven theory like that's what i don't understand i don't care if evolution is true or not but there just seems to be so much that is assumed um which for my mind doesn't make a whole yeah lot of i mean sense. so we get into that so i have my friend andy as the first voice in in the show or actually it's it's a uh, it's my friend amy and she talks about some of those things like i don't you know are there enough uh you know there doesn't seem like there's enough fossils Um, It's not clear, like these talking points that you and I and Amy and I were told growing up Christian. And it turns out that some of those talking points were accurate at the time. And a lot of them were, were blatantly false. And so some of the package we got growing up evangelical about creation science was uh, willfully or, or not willfully lies, like was untrue, was Bad science. For instance, I was taught the canopy theory in my Christian junior high, which is the idea that the dinosaurs could live because there was a big cloud of vapor over the earth. And uh, that made the earth's, you know, ecosystem different. Dinosaurs live, humans can't live. And then that's what fell for the flood. This was a theory. Yeah. Creation scientists had rejected that theory in the 80s. I was taught it in the 90s. it was the uh, was that also the reason why people were able to live into their yeah, eight and nine hundred? Yeah, that's right? the idea that somehow humidity right. would make people live to nine hundred years, which I don't understand that either. <laughs> but but yeah, like so, but that's that's bad. Like that's willful. I mean, the textbook writers left it in after their own scientists no longer subscribe to it. Yeah, and it not this is the thing. You have permission does not mean you must. I don't care if you believe theistic evolution. You don't have to. What you can't do is tell people that they can't right. believe it. That's, That's what I'm right. passionate about. Yes. That's in, in order to be a Christian. Same thing. In order to be a Christian, right? Man, yeah. Kind of, kind right. Of or yeah. to be, yeah, Christian, smart, whatever, right. faithful. 
And so just like if you're making a textbook and you're not going even to your own Christian science conferences and staying up on what people believe, that's bullshit. That's that causes deception. trauma to it, people that you're trying to control. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm now a well-meaning homeschool mom who's just trying to love her kids. Like that's not the enemy at all. Right. She's right. not the enemy. Uh, I want that woman to have permission to to try out new ideas. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the alien one. Okay, Aliens is great. Uh, Aliens is great because it ends up really being about the Trinity. Uh, So this is like the nerdiest of the four episodes, probably. But I spoke with an astrophysicist and a philosopher, uh, both from England. One's from Durham and one's from Cambridge. And we talk about how many planets there are in the universe that we now know. So it used to be that we thought there's probably not that many planets. Yeah, there's when I was, I remember that very distinctly. That it was that we called the Goldilocks zone. It was in the nineties, yeah. you know, early nineties yeah. and stuff. It was like, look, the chances that there's a planet that would have the right temperature and be the right distance from the sun, orbit around the thing, is just it's minuscule. And this was the leading hmm. science when I was, you know, right eight. It was know, to reference being it an was. eight year old, and now it's the opposite. It's kind of the opposite. It's like yeah. we know of. 3,000 and it grows every day. The guy said wow. you ha- he has an app on his phone that pings him every time they discover a new habitable planet oh or a new gosh. planet or a new planet and something like you know, so we're aware of like a thousand plus that we know of. Real now, close by. Like that, which is incredible. So then you now there's still a problem with life in the Milky Way and that's because of the Fermi paradox with which uh, I don't have much time but Matt can explain that when I go. Um However, even if there's no other life in the Milky Way, because we would know about it by now, there are billions more galaxies that we would not know if there was intelligent life. So if you think that there is more intelligent life that our creative God created, then you have to ask yourself, what would the second person of the Trinity look like to them? It wouldn't be a human being from Earth in Milky Way. But if God loves God's creatures the same and wants to save them, then God would self-disclose in a way appropriate to them. Another thing we talk about is is uh, cephalopods like octopus and cuttlefish have a different hey, real, real kind. Quick, can, yeah. can I say something? It seems like uh, – do you get frustrated when I interrupt you, Dan? I'm sorry. I just – Man, fuck you. you. Yeah, <laughs> it no. seems like actually that would be a smooth move for people to believe. Like if Jesus came to a bunch of aliens in his human-like form, they'd be like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. This is like an alien. And then he started doing all the miracle stuff and talking all that love yeah. shit and turning people's hearts around and everything. Everybody would be like, this is our creator. Imagine if flip, flip yeah. the reverse it and back in... Uh, you know, back in the day, 2000 years ago, some crazy Zorg dude came. with long yeah. antennas and five eyes comes and starts speaking love stuff and doing Antichrist and- alert is all you'd ever hear. <laughs> if that right. happened. You know, no, that. I mean, the, you, <laughs> but you just, you just, you just argued against it, Joey, because uh, you just imagine, well, why didn't that happen here? It seems unlikely if there are, say, 1000 species in the universe that God loves, why would we be the one out of 1,000 that got our own Christ, right? So we should have expected an alien Christ then, if that was the case. Right, (laughs) then it would be more logical to expect an alien Christ. So, I mean, this stuff is nerdy, but it, it's fun, and it's actually it's interesting. the name of the and new it, Emory record, Alien Christ, Alien by the way. Christ. <laughs> Thanks for blowing that for us, Dan. 
That really alien. does need to stick. I alien dare Christ. you. That needs to stick. I dare you. Emory, oh, alien, heaviest record we ever made. Alien Christ. That's a great black metal record. Ooh, I like that one. I like that. Yeah, so, you know, it's stuff like that. And so I have, like, this Cambridge philosopher talking about what that says about the Trinity. Like, what uh, what does that mean for atonement? What does it mean for these things? And And basically, I was sort of taught, like, don't think about that stuff. You know, like. That's not, and I, my grow, my childhood and teen years were not as bad. They were not as, as intellectually close minded as a lot of people's were, but this was not stuff that was really live, but this is like, this is what a lot of theologians and scientists are talking about. And, uh, I love being in the mix with that stuff. Hey Dan, yeah. let me ask you, I want to, I want to ask all of y'all something. I, I, this happened to me yesterday and I seriously was like, oh my gosh, if this doesn't make sense. So one of my kids confessed to me that they were hanging out with a friend and they just started saying a bunch of bad words to hear how they sound coming out of their mouths and, you know, singing songs with the F word and, and all of that. And my child just felt so guilty and, and looking at me like they did something so horrible. And, and I said, listen to me. I was like, why do you do this to yourself? You always feel so guilty about things. I said, let, let, let me break it down to you this way. If, if what we're reading correctly in the Bible is true, the main thing that God cares about is that we love ourselves, that we love others, and that we love Him. Well, now, what does this have to do with loving people? I said, now, it'd be a totally different story if you were at school and you were making fun of the kid in the wheelchair and calling him, you know, names, right. making fun of his uh, inability to walk. I was like, but you didn't do anything mean to someone. Now, if you feel uncomfortable that you shouldn't have done it, that's fine. But go about your business knowing that God loves you. And I said, he, he's got way more important things to think about than you saying fuck. Like, there's way more things that are important. I said, and I like the fact that you're hesitant with these words because, you know, I've taught you respect and all that. But then I was just like, I was like, uh, youngin, I'm telling you that God loves you. Like, that. that is what you need to know about God. And there's going to be times where you feel close to Him, He loves you. Times when you feel far, He loves you. But that's one thing you can be assured of, that no matter what you are doing, God loves you. And then it hit me, and I was like, you know, if— if evangelical Christian culture really is supposed to be strategic, like we are really in a war against Satan and we need to bring as many people to heaven as possible and we've got a job to do and we need to take advantage every single day and do our job. If that is the correct narrative, then we should teach our kids of a all benevolent, loving, universal God. Because if what we're teaching about the gospel is true and that you, if you believe in God and you stay with God, then you will be saved. What kid is not going to keep coming back to this God that they're not getting in trouble with that loves them no matter what? And I think that is that's the narrative that we're also supposed to believe in evangelical culture. They say, "Hey, there's this God. You need to come to Him. He's all loving. You, need, you don't don't you dare walk away from Him because then you're punished mm-hmm. and He's going to destroy yeah. you. And that's scary, yeah. and you don't want anything to do with that. I'm getting the hell out of here because this stuff is scary." Teach yep. a kid about a God who loves them no matter what. My theory, they stay Christian pretty much their whole life. What else What else are they going to believe? I mean, mm-hmm. someone that uh, that loves them no matter what they do. It's a lot less useful the right strategy. for controlling people, though. It's a lot less useful. It doesn't work if you're trying to control people. Yeah, it exactly. doesn't work for – it also doesn't work for getting out the vote. There's a lot of things it doesn't work for. Uh, that, that 
that question and like the connected questions of like, is belief in hell a real motivator? Does it work? Does it motivate you to believe in the God that actually exists? Uh, are people more likely to believe certain things based on their psychology, based on their upbringing? These are questions that I'm going to cover in detail in the coming months and years. Uh, I, I find those questions fascinating. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you, Joey. Uh, but, you know, the mainline Protestant churches, they basically have been preaching that for 50 years and they're shrinking. Jeez. And so there is a legitimate question. I, I think this is a really interesting question and I plan wow. to ask it. Can an emotionally healthy community grow in numbers? <laughs> Can it stay? What a good uh, question. People, I mean, really? Yeah, I love that. Seriously. Are, are our tribal impulses that are baked in, are they so Yikes. strong that without a common enemy, we cannot Damn actually it. have a common identity? Shit. Yes. Shit. What a question. That's You're a question. all over it, Dan. I know you got to go. So go check out yeah. Dan's podcast. That is very... That is very right on. I don't know what we're going to do in the future, but there seems to be these hacks, these, uh, what do you call it, parasitic hang-on things that just seem to dominate, and the people doing things right, the good authorities, the people that trying to teach you God loves you, they get drowned out by these overly powerful parasitic uh, Do you need an enemy? Things. Do you need an enemy need to that, be in that, that group? That, that feed oh, on I, hate, yeah. conformity, Ooh. hate, othering, you know. That's what seems to be what. Well, Dan, us the Dan, best. am I correct into saying that these mainline denominations would also not be considered um, seeker friendly and consumer? Might like they're they're not making right. sure the coffee's unbelievable. The speakers are yeah, are, mostly not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, there, so, there's I mean, a lot. I think that's right, a whole other. Yeah, right, that's right, a whole right, thing. Yeah. Uh, but there, my. So here's how I could really concisely summarize my mission. And I, I get this language from Trip Fuller, who does the Homebrewed Christianity podcast, but I think he's right. I, my personal intuition, you don't have to agree with me to enjoy the show, but my personal intuition is the, the answer is some combination of, of liberal theology plus an active God in the world right now that loves you and wants awesome. to do things. And a lot of liberal Christians will sort of, they kind of sell out to the no miracles, no supernatural kind of idea too quickly. And so they end up with just like an ethics God. Like, well, it's all right. about doing the right thing and, and caring for the poor. That's part of it. But I also believe in an active God. I mean, I pray to and commune with a communicative God. But I also have liberal theological views. I think that's the sweet spot. Some Something like that. Uh, but... It's not clear that there are a lot of people in that area. There, I mean, there are individuals. It's not clear there are a lot of institutions that mm -hmm. are in right. that Venn diagram, that center. Interesting to go stuff. all the way back to Clemson. And guys, I got to go. I have another interview. Thank you so much. Uh, you have permissionpod.com or just Google you have permission or search it in your app. It's on the BC network. Hey, nice. and if you want to buy, if you want to buy Dan's music for your next commercial, go to dancode.net. Oh that's, That's true. K O C H. Yeah. We'll see you at the conference, see you, Dan. Dan. All right, see you, see you guys. <clears throat> okay, uh, Dan Coke, everybody. Oh. Um, I was going to say real quickly too what he's talking about there. One of the things that really is the reason why these thoughts are needed is I've been even me personally like I've been getting burnt out on like talking about the problems within even this the evangelical world, but in the Christian world in general. 
and the church in general, it, it bums me out because I don't know if people are going to listen. And one of the the things that this is talking about, giving yourself permission or uh, you have permission or whatever terminology you want to use there. I know we differ a little bit with Dan is the idea that all of the things that we're talking about were like, for example, when, when there's education within the church about the world, it, its goal is to prove God, not to actually study God's creation, right? right. Like science, right. even there's fucked up people in science and there's bad people in science on stuff, but a scientist's goal is to, what is this rock? Let me find out as much as I can about it, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to the, the science side of uh, Christianity or the, the deeper thinkers or the, or the people that are questioning or have doubts or questions about their God or, the, or this creation, their goal is to say, oh, look, this rock they, proves that right. it's so big that God made it, and that's now I have power. Right. They, they start with the answer that they want and work backwards right. versus pure curiosity and right. truth-seeking. I mean, that, and, you know and, I mean? and that's a that's a, that's a thing that all humans do in general. Like I was just right. talking to Jess. I just read a really cool article about fasting, right? And I told Jess some of the, the things that the author had talked about and, and studies that showed that like fasting reduces cancer risk and stuff like that. And Jess said, "Well, I've read a bunch of stuff to the opposite of that, and that 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 article picks the the studies that show what they're trying to get to, which is do you right. to buy their products, right? right. Or their, their plan or right. whatever. And I was like, oh, and I got a little bit frustrated. I was like, no, but it was really good. And I was like, wait a minute. Of course, this article is going to sound great about uh, fasting, regardless of the content. The goal isn't for me to learn more about fasting. It's for me to buy something or do something. They already have their goal in mind, right? What is the, there to sell for fasting? What do they sell, fasting kits or it's is it an empty it, box? Well, it's a plan, and it's attached <laughs> to eat, eating other eating outside of fasting and keto. All this, You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to start selling fasting kits. <laughs> but it's, the, it's the same thing, though, as Christianity is they know where they're, what they want to do, and so they fit everything into it. And I just picked that one. I mean, it right. could be any diet plan, any government plan, whatever it is. Yeah, but the outcome right. has already been set. You just find any information you can to enforce that, which it, like that's what sucks. Either God exists or he doesn't. In the Bible, it sounds like he's always talking about he does exist. Everybody talks about God does exist. So what in the hell are we spending all this time trying to prove God exists? Mm-hmm. Then he's going to work in your life. God right. exists. The- let's talk about the world. Let's Let's learn about the world. What are we doing here? Why am I sitting here in church listening to a sermon about me and getting more out of God or whatever? Like, God exists. I have this life. I can do whatever I want with it. And so why not learn about this thing? What what in the world? There's two categories there. One is, um, you know, and I I mean, truth-seeking is such a dumb word. I need to figure out a better way to say that. But, like, I I just say curiosity, like knowledge to, to find out with no agenda is a mode that people can be in and be yeah. nice if more people are in that mode more often uh, across the board, regardless of the topic. And then there's another mode that's more closer to activism, right? And yeah. a lot of times in the university or at a church or in a social group, or even in your own head, you need to pay attention to which mode this person is in. If you, if you have a goal, it may be a good goal, activism for civil rights. I mean, it could be good goals, but activism necessarily has an agenda, which isn't necessarily bad. But if you can't tell the difference in who is simply curious or looking for answers or looking for knowledge versus somebody that already knows what what they want to find out and further, again, not necessarily bad, but being able to tell yeah. the difference in those two modes and not have them fight each other directly, it's not a fair fight. One of them's like a warfare. One of them's just walking around being curious, you know. So they're, they're a mismatch and they often get presented as the same thing. Wow. Well, 
that was a pretty riveting morning conversation for me. I love doing this thing in the morning. Uh, I know you could just say exciting, exactly exciting or fun. Yeah, the uh, riveting I should just say, sounds. Smarter. I meant to say. I meant to say me like. <laughs> me like pod. Me like so. Pod. So I, I do. Uh, so I, I, I don't want to jump back into this conversation, but I do want to ask y'all: <laughs> are, are y'all still on like a little high? I mean this this doesn't wear off for a little while. Clemson winning. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I feel great. I feel yeah. awesome. Yeah. You, you know what else makes peace. me feel great? How many BC clubbers we have, and and what makes me feel sad is like, if you're not in the BC club, you might as well be like Alabama, just like a loser. <laughs> yeah, if you're not in the BC club, you're officially the other. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, I don't want you missing out. Come to the winning team, God's anointed, <laughs> right, Joe, Joey? Yeah. I, I think. I mean, if you're listening right now and haven't joined the BC club, ask yourself why. Just, go, I oh, mean, just gosh. put down that $7 cup of coffee that you just bought and just go to our website and become a member because you're going to I disagree. I disagree. I disagree with that. If you ask why, you are opening the door for the enemy to come and, and speak and say, here's why you don't do it. You just got to do it. Sometimes you just have to make that don't decision. Ask why. Yeah. Don't ask. Blind, blindly follow? Is yes, yes. Right? yes. Well, because any, of yeah. the devil, yeah. you cannot give that bastard a foothold. You can't even give him a foothold. for all so, it's worth. Blindly follow the sound of my voice. Join the yes. BC club, or yes. else. I mean, it's real. I mean, I don't know, hell or torture or something bad to your kids. I mean, there's a lot to be scared about. Blindly follow my voice. Join the Reva. BC club. You have Come blindly followed. What do you think? <laughs> All right. So here's the names: Jamie Nelson, Lena Long, Ryan Glassbell, Dusty Fucking Michael, Captain James Pitcher, Josiah Cavanaugh, Caleb Brewster, Brent. Cumbay, Rachel Vaccaro, William Parker, and you guys do not know the half of this because I'm about to read the second half. Steven Shitowski, wow. Josh L. Foggy, mm-hmm. Scott Ford and Abinett, Justin Jenrich, David and Christy Dyer or Deer, Jonathan Moore, Joshua Duncan, Jeremy Ashton, Andrew Crochier. Thank you guys for joining the BC Club. Awesome. These guys get some extra podcast episodes, actually two extra yeah. podcast episodes, access to our Facebook community page. Um, you get some live chats from me, Matt, or Toby once in a while. Uh, we actually even go on there and ask for uh, feedback and insight and help yep. on certain things. I, I just, just started a book club. You, you, yep. you get in the BC club, you can join the book club with us and read it. Uh, we're going to read the book all together, then have some discussion. And then uh, some folks from the BC club are going to come on a, a bonus episode and talk. And I, I, I don't, I won't be able to get this author, but uh, it'd be eventually I'm going to try and get authors of the books that we read. That would be great. very cool. That'd be very cool. Very so yeah, you can go to the BC club.com the BC club.com. All right. And don't forget to get your tickets to the conference and the sp- extra special show. In Dallas on Saturday, uh, it's May and Emory. There'll be more. We got more to announce and stuff like that. But May and Emory are doing a concert at Dallas. May's headlining. It will be twenty. It's twenty dollars. You can get tickets right now. You can go to badchristiancon.com, Scroll all the way down to the bottom there and uh, find the spot where the you can buy the ticket. And it's just twenty dollars ticket. Not affiliated with the conference. Or come join us for the whole conference. We'd love to have you. It's going to be great. See y'all soon. 
Hey, Ru- hey, hey Ru- I got I got Ru- a little poem that. Uh, All right, before you wrap it up, because that's that I can tell that's going to be the icing on the cake. This isn't. Well, this is some more icing. Reva, what is the current anniversary gift for people that have been um, in double down or above club member for over a year? What What is the current anniversary gift? A uh, beanie. Okay, a bad Christian beanie, which is. Is that is that available to everyone on the store or exclusive to BC Clubbers? I believe it's exclusive. All right. Well, regardless, that's something that we don't typically mention is every year you are in the BC Club, we have an anniversary gift that is always a physical gift that we send to you in the mail. Can I read Toby? a poem? This is about this is about Clemson. Uh After Clemson had won the national championship, what happened then? Well, in Clemson they say that Joey's penis grew three sizes that day, and the true meaning of national champion came through, and Joey's fencin found the strength of ten fencins plus two. Thank you. That's such an honor to be in that poem. I don't think it was good, but just it was the a fact- good poem. <laughs> I I didn't write it. It was somebody. It was a it was a a, a poet from Clemson wrote that. It's oh, a fan gotcha. of, a fan of the, the podcast. And okay, so you didn't write it? I would never have written that. <laughs> it's just oh, so a poet wrote it. There's like, a poet his Twitter handle it. is at yeah. poet. At poet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> slash Clemson. Yeah. So author unknown, basically, kind of like an ancient script. It's yeah, it's author ancient. Unknown. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wrote that. It's prophetic. Yeah, I, Was I this a part yeah. of the Dead Sea Scrolls? I wouldn't say that. They're they're alive and in Clemson. Clemson you know what? I hate you. Poet. You're an asshole. You're backing out of this. You wrote it. It's filthy as shit. And I hate you. I didn't you write that. Don't want you on this podcast anymore. I didn't. Uh, Matt and I have talked about it. I and didn't this write was, it. This was tryouts for Dan Toby, and he passed with flying fucking colors. <laughs>